You can be seated this morning. Thank you for all coming. It's almost like a farewell party, isn't it? Everybody shows up. Amen. Well, we welcome you this morning, all the visitors. Bill, you're sitting in the middle. I didn't like to miss you there. You're getting so short behind my tall granddaughter there. And amen. Now, she's got a friend with her this morning, too. What's his name? Cody. Well, thank you for coming this morning. Make him welcome, would you? Amen. And those that are live streaming, we can't see them, so I don't know whether they're hooked up or not. But we welcome them into the service this morning, those around the country. Uh, we've made the announcement, and most people know by now, that uh, Wednesday we'll have this spinal operation. We're praying that it will work out to the good. But we realize there will be approximately three weeks or more that we will be uh, out of commission. Hopefully it won't be more than that. And we have different ministers coming in to fulfill those three weeks. That means hopefully we can be in service with you, but we won't be able probably to uh, minister. If I can, well, then we'll cancel them and take the service. Amen. you got to watch them dollars, you know what I mean? These boys, you think, well, they're young, but they don't come for nothing. They're expensive coming in. So you just pray for us and everything will work out all right. Pray for my wife that she'll be able to hold up under this. All i got to do is work my way back up. Amen. So we're trusting the Lord to do that. Well, let's get into our service. Let me see. It's about uh, 5 till uh, 11, so we'll try to get you out of here around 11.30, a quarter to 12. I will not be able to complete this sermon that you have notes for. But if you just open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 1, so that you can glance down. I didn't put everything into your notes. But if you just open the Bibles to Revelation chapter 1, then you can glance down at the Scriptures of which we referred to. And hopefully this message will stand out to you. It requires you to study. It requires you to think. But I believe that it is a key role that will answer to us what God has been doing among His bride since the prophet left the scene. That seems to be the most confusing part. From 1965 until now, the church world has basically trying to find their direction. Because after the healing revival that everybody claimed was the great last move before the rapture of the church, and the rapture hasn't taken place yet physically, so they're in this dilemma of what's going on for the last several years. We hope this morning's lesson will give us insight on that so we may know what God is doing in His bride or His church. For we are His body, and whatever we see His body doing, we know that the His body here on earth is reflecting that. Because we know the Scripture that whatever Jesus is in heaven, so are we here on earth. So whatever role that he enters into, we are fulfilling that role here on earth. How many understands now? you got a spiritual. The spiritual has to be revealed to you. And that faith in the spiritual is what's manifested in the flesh. Okay. So our subject is basically faith in the presence of Christ. And this is lesson number nine. So the visitors may have a little hard time keeping up with us. This is lesson number nine in faith in the presence of Christ. Christ is the anointing or the Logos, which is absolutely God in the form of a role. We understand the Bible that God, this Bible is all about God fulfilling roles. God is the main actor through all the prophets, Jesus, Paul, church age messengers, all the way down to today, God is playing the main role. His Spirit is here in a role. And the living group must recognize what role He is here in for them to reflect and get the benefits of that role. So when He was here in justification under Luther, those that understood that role was justified by faith. Right on down the line, we see the baptism of the Holy Ghost and Pentecost revival. Now we understood that a prophet come. And now the prophet is gone, which is son of man, so the prophet ministry is over. So what role is the Spirit fulfilling in us today? All right, that's what you're looking at. 
And uh, our sub-lesson is Profit to Judge. And you're going to find out that the mystery that's basically uh, hid from the message followers and to the theologians is the role of judge. That seems to be the mysterious role because they understand that he will be judge, but the theologians look down 1,000 years from now at the white throne judgment where he will sit on the throne and judge. But we find the scriptures absolutely reveals to us that he comes down before the resurrection and the rapture. I'm going to repeat it again. Before the resurrection and the rapture, God comes in the role of a judge to do something in the bride to take her to the marriage supper. All right. So we're looking in chapter 1 of Revelation. I won't read the whole chapter because it takes too much time. But we're looking at John on the Isle of Patmos. And we see John has a series of visions based on Revelation 1 and 1 and Revelation 1.10. And we see that this revelation that was given to John is pertaining to Jesus Christ, which is the Elohim, or the Spirit God that was in the man Jesus in a ministry. How many understand that it was God in the anointed one, the Messiah, performing a ministry. So when they preach about what Jesus done, it was the Holy Spirit doing the work, revealing himself through a role as son of man or prophet. Jesus was a prophet called son of man. Okay. So we read here, this revelation is pertaining to Revelation chapter 1. Verse 1 says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, this is, this is not Jesus, the Messiah, the man. The revelation is Jesus Christ, the anointing. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The revelation of Jesus Christ, watch, which God gave unto him. Same spirit is given the revelation to show unto his servants. Seven church age messengers are the seven angels that he has in his hand in the rest of the chapter there which was shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified by his angel unto his servant John. This was to transpire, according to verse 1 and 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. John now was transported all the way over into a period of time called the Lord's day. There's where the debate comes. Many says the Lord's day is the Sabbath day. Many says the Lord's day is the millennium. They got arguments back and forth. But we see here there's a period of time that is called the Lord's day. John was transported over into this period of time. And he sees this sevenfold revelation of Christ, which is given in verses, uh, verses 13 to 20. And we find he comes out with a, a unique revelation because he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as a trumpet. And he turned to see the voice and he saw this sevenfold mysterious one as the Son of Man. And he tells you how he was dressed with a white wig and the robe was round his shoulder. And you can read it thus. So we understand that in the day of the Lord, we see here God stands in our presence now as judge. I mean, you can see that now. This is simple teaching. We should have understood this for years. But you're going to find that the mystery of the seventh seal is not so much a time or a period. Everybody's getting that. But the role is the mystery that people are not getting. That's the mystery that's veiled. They say, well, the seventh seal's not open because that's the coming of the Lord. Well, he's not here, so and so and so on. The mystery is what role God hides himself in. And you will not hear a heart. I have never heard any minister in the message preach that he's here in the role of a judge. Except Brother Lee brought it in the church age book, hinted at it, but they will not accept it. All right. So we see here that the mystery of the seventh seal is what role God is here in. And in that role, he has promised to change us or transfigure us from mortal to immortality. 
So this has to do with this age and has to do with the living group of which we are part of. If you'll look at the Patmos vision, we're going to read a quote from there. And Brother Bram said this. Now here's more proof that this doctrine, and he's speaking about the doctrine of the Lord's day, is right about it being the Lord's day. Did you notice he was not a priest during this time? And we know that Jesus served as priest now. From his resurrection, he ascended on high, become the intercessor mediator, a priest interceding for the body of Christ. For 2,000 years, he was now priest. He changes roles now. He, he was not, uh, he was, uh, let's see, during this time, he was not a priest during this time. Neither was he king, and we see the role of king is during the millennium. When he comes back according to Revelation 19 and walks out upon the ashes of the wicked after a destruction or a judgment takes place. If he walks out on the ashes of the wicked, we find a judgment had to take place. And we realize that that's at the end of 1260 days. This is under two prophets now, Moses and Elijah, according to Revelation 11. This is under their ministry that this judgment forth comes forth. But there's 144,000 there that will be under the atonement and the grace of Jesus Christ and be delivered into it into more immortality. And the judgment strikes the world. So you're looking at something taking place in a short period of time. He said he's neither here as king because that's in the millennial reign. He'll serve as king. Watch. He was a, he was a judge. Now, here is a theology that no one has ever brought forth outside of this prophet. Some theologians see the role of judge at the white throne judgment, and that's where they leave it. The prophet declared that God himself was here as judge, basically to bring the bride or the church to a judgment seat. You and I, to be separated and appointed a place in the economy of God, had to be judged. But guess who our judge is? Our judge now is also our mediator and intercessor that has interceded for us for 2,000 years. That same one now is our judge. And I don't think that this one being our intercessor and mediator is going to judge and condemn us after he served 2,000 years under grace and mercy to see that we come under the covenant of grace and mercy. Are you following me? So keep the picture. Watch that. So he, watch. Brother Bam said now he, he goes by to what he tied himself around the waist. He shows you now he's not priest. He's judged by the girdle and the rope. Watch. Uh, with the golden girdle girded a pile. What is it? An attorney, a judge. The judge which is slashed over his shoulder girded up here, not as a priest now, that shows he wasn't in his priesthood. Before we look at, read the rest of it, now watch. What the Spirit is here doing, we say God is here in a role of this. God is here in a role of this. God was here in a role of Son of Man, prophet. Everybody will say Brother Bram was a prophet. That was God ministering in a role. Because man can't do nothing outside of the anointing. If you're here as a priest or a prophet or a pastor, under the anointing, it is a measure of the Spirit of God doing the work. Man cannot profit you nothing. It takes the Spirit of God to do it. Man cannot teach you anything. Only the Spirit of God in you and by the Word can open your understanding that you can understand and see the Word to you as faith, and that becomes manifested in your flesh. All right. So it shows whatever role that Jesus is now, because he thought it not robbed to be equal with God. And Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. And they're not one like your finger now. One's the Father, which is Spirit, and one is the Son, which is a mortal, physical being, a man. We understand that man was resurrected. He went down as a mortal. He arose in immortality. So now he is in an immortal body in heaven. For 2,000 years, he has been our mediator and in our intercessor, making sure that the covenant of grace is to whosoever will, let them come and be saved in the name of the Lord. 
And that's by repentance and water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So he wasn't in his priesthood now. John went all the way over into the Lord's day and saw him coming as the judge. Now remember, this is a revelation revealed to John in basically in symbolic form. And now we need someone in this age to interpret the symbols, and we need someone on earth to tell us what is going on in heaven. See, it's not so much it's what God is doing down here. It's what God is doing up here, because whatever He's doing up here is the revelation and the faith that we must have down here. And please follow me. If Jesus is the priest, we got to understand that we're saved by grace, intercede, witness, and try to get people to salvation because of the grace and mercy of Almighty God. When Jesus moves, the message and revelation moves here on earth. So what we're trying to show you, that when Brother Branham served as a prophet, we understand that the Son of Man, as far as Jesus was concerned, in the day when the Son of Man is revealed, it's revealed that He changed roles. So the perusia, or the presence of God, has been rejected. They turn it down because they say, well, you're saying that Jesus is here. Jesus Christ, the Logos, the anointing, the pillar of fire, who is Spirit, Elohim, the self-existent one, that Spirit is here in a role. He's here in a ministry. And there's got to be someone living to express to you what the Spirit is doing. Because faith comes by hearing. So there's a five-fold ministry here for the perfecting of the saints. And what we're saying is God brings a revelation to a ministry to keep repeating and repeating and repeating where He's at and what He's doing so you may grow in the faith and the knowledge of what He's doing and that revelation becomes spirit form in flesh in you. Therefore, you express what God is doing in your flesh. And we're out of Pentecost, so there's got to be something transpired under that fourth messenger called a light, which is basically the Word. All right. Well, I'm only quoting you quotes of what the prophet said. So he said here now, so this speaks of a transition. If he saw him coming as the judge... This speaks of a transition of prophet to judge. Because Jesus took him in the Son of Man, and then the day when the Son of Man is revealed, and we find that the revelation of the Son of Man by a message revealed to us that God Himself was here as the judge. So what form is God here in outside of the Holy Spirit? A message... That he is here. We ought to be jumping out of our skins by now, but we'll, we'll, it'll, it'll work on us. Watch. So we're saying now that basically he moved or made a transition from prophet to judge. This transition was made under the same individual, which was the seventh messenger, Revelation 10, 7. In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God. And Christ, the anointing, is the mystery of God revealed. All right. So we find out that basically he was judged now, not now a priest. So when we tell you that the days of intercessor is over, and Jesus come off of the mercy seat to take the book, Revelation chapter 5, and he climbed up on the Father's throne and sat down. Then the days of intercessor was over. But remember this one thing. As long as the physical body of Jesus is on the throne or in the presence of the throne, there is still mercy and grace to those that will receive the message here on earth of what role that God is bringing to pass. I mean, it's following now. So don't get the understanding that no one can be saved, that the days of mercy are over, because it's not. 
as long as Jesus is on the throne. We're talking about a man. Brother Bam said, now we have a man on the throne of God. What difference does that make? The same man that was our attorney, same man that was our intercessor, the same man that was our sacrifice, the same man is now sitting waiting for us to come and be presented to him as a trophy of his atonement. That blood is guaranteeing that we will become immortal. All right, watch now. So he's not, he's not here as a prophet. He's not, he, was that, he was a judge, not as priest through the church ages. He served as high priest under the church ages. Nor is he here as king because the millennium hasn't started yet. See, some priests that were in the millennium, we're not in the millennium yet. Jesus, the glorified man, will come with the body of Christ, you and I, glorified. We'll reign on this earth for 1,000 years in immortal bodies. That hasn't took place yet because I still got problems in my mortal body. Amen? But there's coming a time, very shortly, not 100 years down the road, we're in the very closing minutes of time, when God, who is present here as God the Word, if He's God the Word, He must fulfill His Word. And He said, You sit on my throne until I go down and make all your enemies your footstool. Amen. And I'm going to present you a chaste virgin and present you with a bride that is spotless, sinless, and no sin will be laid to her charge. And when He comes down as judge, the judge is the only one that can pronounce perfect mercy which is beyond the covenant of grace, basically. Amen. So basically, he's not here as king. So the day when the Son of Man, prophet, is revealed, we see an appearing in the Scripture. An appearing has to be a coming or a presence. If you have an appearing, he has to be present to appear. How many would agree on that? If I tell you Jesus is coming, He's not here. If I said Jesus is here, then He has appeared before you, then you could say, I see Him, He has appeared, therefore He has come. What I'm trying to tell you this morning, that Jesus, the Holy Spirit Himself, the one that was the same yesterday, today, and forever, a light, the Logos, that created all things, had His picture taken, Manifest himself through a prophet. That pillar of fire is here in the midst of his body doing a supernatural work in us called a revelation of the presence of Christ himself. That revelation is promised to change us from mortal to immortality. Brother Ann said, now watch. We understand that John 5, 22, For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment Unto the Son. Now I couldn't understand that for a long time. How can God, who is the judge, who is God Himself, how could He commit all judgment over to the Son, which is our mediator and our acceptance, our sacrifice, and everything that we have is through Jesus, our body, our husband? How can He become the judge? Only if He takes the throne. For whoever's on the throne in heaven is in charge of all things. He's the judge. So remember, he's only fulfilling a role. So when Jesus left the intercessor seat, come and took the book out of the one's hand, Revelation 5, the prophet said he climbed up on the Father's throne and sat down. When? At the opening of the seven seals. Now when he sits on the throne, Jesus, the glorified man, is sitting on the throne in heaven this morning. That's an amen. The one that was on the throne, which is the Spirit of God, Elohim himself. We see in Scripture that he comes down here to earth. Revelation 10, 1-7. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. He comes down here to earth with an open book. So if he comes with an open book, he comes as judge. So what role 
did Jesus fulfill at the open book? He climbed from intercessor to judge. Now all judgment is given to the Son, meaning what God is here doing is only reflecting the role that Jesus is fulfilling in heaven. All right. Brother Bam said in Patmos Vision 168, watch, he goes into the ancient of the days and wore a white wig. If you read the description in Revelation 1, 13 to 20, you'll find out this one had a white wig on. So Jesus, let's say Jesus comes out, puts on a white wig and sits down on the Father's throne. Now then, Brother Bam said he was a young man, but now we see him with a white wig on, and now he is judge. Brother Bam looks at the picture of the cloud in 1963. And he said, see, he was a white wig one. You can see the black hair underneath his watermelon. You see his face and everything. Now then he has changed roles. And he is appearing to us in the form of a judge. And he believes that and say praise the Lord or amen or something. You've got to get your role right to get your time period right. So he said, now watch. And here is showing again that John's over in the Lord's day. He saw him as the judge. Now remember, he was transported by the Spirit over into a period of time. In other words, he was transported over into our time now. John actually was transported in this hour. He's seen this prophet, he's seen this ministry, and he's seen what God is doing to a group of people of which we are a part of. These scriptures are telling us what part we're fulfilling now. All right. So he we went over into the Lord's day, watch, and saw him as the judge, not as priest, not as king, not as prophet, but as judge. We want to carnally get everything in chronological order. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The Bible doesn't talk to us in chronology. It talks to us in a conversational voice in the book of Revelation. According to the thoughts of John's questions that he basically either spoke or had in his mind. And we see God answering those thoughts as conversation. And John's thought was not chronological, but God was answering the questions as John would say, well, I wonder what about this, and God would reveal it. But he brought out the full entire picture at the end time of what the bride, who is the type of John, will know and ask questions for that we can understand what God is doing today. So we find out that actually he come as what? Prophet. Jesus come as son of man. Three and a half years he was prophet. He become the sacrifice on Calvary. Short period of time, he was raised from the dead. He was raised glorified. He was raised to the right hand of the Father, now made intercessor and priest. He spent 2,000 years under the acceptable day of the Lord called the Grace Spirit of God. At a given time, basically we see in the early 60s, there was a time change. There was something changed. And he climbed off the mercy seat and come and took a book. He climbed up on the Father's throne. Now the ministry has changed from intercessor to judge. So how do we know that? God has to come down here in the form of a spirit. He has to call out and use a man as his voice. Because faith cometh by hearing. And he only comes to a prophet. So he comes down here and speaks to us through a voice to tell us what is transpiring in heaven to prepare us what he's here to do. I hope that's clear. So whatever God is here to do must be in this Bible. It must be prophesied because God will only fulfill what is written in here as prophecy. He'll only fulfill what's in this Bible. If it's not in here, forget it. What God is doing has got to be in here, and it's your and my obligation to find out what God is doing today so we know what scriptures is prevalent to us 
to see what is going on because we're acting out a role because we are his body. Now watch. With this in mind, we've been the last two weeks and this ties together. We didn't get to it in our lessons, but let's go back and look at Isaiah's prophecy now because Isaiah absolutely covered the entire Bible. I think there's 66 chapters in Isaiah, 66 books of the Bible, and Isaiah covered the whole Bible. So Isaiah made a prophecy that we looked at starting two weeks ago, where he prophesied that the Spirit of God in a ministry, both to the Gentiles and to the Jews. We spent a lot of scripture in your notes if you'd study it. Watch. So in Isaiah 61, 1 to 3, now remember, this prophecy has to be fulfilled. Every dot and every tittle in the Bible will be fulfilled in somebody's flesh. Okay. This is a prophecy pertaining now to a ministry of the Spirit of God. So we're looking at the prophetic ministry of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. The Spirit of the Lord God, and there's only one Spirit who is God, is upon me. If the Spirit of God is upon you, you're what we call anointed. You're under the control of that Spirit. You'll only do what that Spirit leads you and tells you to do. You're only acting out what the Spirit is upon you doing. You wonder why the Pentecostals shouted for joy? Because they were fulfilling the prophecy, canker worm, whatever more. And when they uh, come to their role, they shouted and spoke and whatever more. They was fulfilling exactly what the Spirit called for them to do. But what are we going to do when the Spirit of wisdom revelation brings us an understanding of who we are and what we are and bring us an understanding of God Himself? That's the mystery watch. The Spirit of God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to, watch, he's, uh, to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the joy of mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be fulfilled. That means the saints are glorified in him. This is a prophecy, and this prophecy has to be fulfilled. Okay. First, it speaks of what the Spirit of God in the person of Jesus the Messiah, and we went through that the last two weeks, how Jesus fulfilled the first half of this prophecy. What Jesus the Messiah is to accomplish among the Jews. So he was to preach the first half of this prophecy. Theologians, if you go to commentaries, will bring it as the complete prophecy. They do not shut it in two halves. They make it a complete prophecy. Jesus fulfilled it. The day of vengeance is basically A.D. 70, where God brought judgment upon the Jews, and this is all done. It's over. But the prophet interpreted this scripture and prophecy a little different. So we'll uh, we find out. Watch now. He is to preach to the Jews 1260 days, three and a half years, to fulfill the first half of Daniel's 70th week, which he called here the acceptable year to the Jews. But we also know that as mediator and intercessor, it covered a period of 2,000 years for the Gentiles under a covenant of grace. And just follow me. All right. And then it tells us what he will do in the day he is here to avenge his body or his church. The day of vengeance speaks that God is here to avenge. Avenge is not avenging or taking vengeance upon, but it's to avenge or to give back all the property stole by the devil all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And then remembers the prophecy of the unjust judge. Here this woman, widow woman, she come in the acceptable day or the year of Jubilee. She had a little piece of property down there. 
All right, in the year of Jubilee, that property is supposed to go back to her. For 2,000 years, we have been promised immortality and eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, if we believe upon Him, Jesus said, you'll never die. We've had a grace covenant with a promise that we will be immortal and we will live for a thousand years and then into the kingdom on into eternity. For 2,000 years, people have looked forward to that hope. They have come, they have preached, they've died, come, preached and died, and here we're still preaching it and the people are still dying. But we have a promise that faith in Jesus will bring us immortality and a thousand years reign to fulfill the Sabbath day that Adam didn't serve way back there in the garden because time was cut short. This promise will be fulfilled. So we find out that since the second half of this prophecy is to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn, which is the same group now in Zion, which Brother Van said, now the Zion speaks to the bride. This process is carried out in the second half deals with what he is here in the role of judge is doing in the ones who come out of the systems to sup with him because in Revelation chapter 3, 14, in those verses, we find someone at the door of the churches knocking, trying to get into the Laodicean church who was rich, miserable, blind, naked, and didn't even know it. He was standing at the door knocking, and he was standing there knocking as the role of the judge. Because he says what? As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be therefore, uh, be zealous therefore, and repent. Change your mind, come out of the systems, and sup with me. Who is this one? He is the Word. He is the body, Word of the Son of Man. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if any man hear my voice. What voice are you going to hear? The voice of Revelation 10, 7. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. The Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. That shout is not the one that come down. That shout is the angel here on earth that's speaking under the anointing of the presence of this Holy Spirit, telling you what the Spirit is here doing through His flesh. All right. This is not skim milk, church. And if you can't follow me, just say, God opened up some of it to me. Because this is essential now for the rapture of the church. Watch. The end product will fulfill the prophecy promised in the day of vengeance. You said, I thought it was the Lord's day. It is. And the Lord's day is this period called the day of vengeance. Because in the day, Lord's Day, He's going to do something for the church. And those that reject that message will come under the condemnation by the Word of God. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Now that will be in the millennium and you will be glorified then. Which he will be under the role of king. Well, this fastly going. Time goes fast. I hope it goes this fast while they're cutting on me. Anyway. Even as I also overcame death, burial, and resurrection, and am set down with my Father in His throne. Set down with my, with my Father in His throne. Does this tell you that God has a throne and Jesus has a throne? One throne's on earth, one throne's in heaven. One throne is God's throne. One throne is the Son's throne. You've got to keep them separated. One is body. One is spirit. You can't kill the spirit. So God didn't die for you. The body died up here. The person won. So what we see here also, which is omega, alpha omega, and there's 2,000 years in between, in John 3, 15 to 21, we find out in the acceptable year, Jesus come, and he watched. Whosoever believeth in me shall not perish, but have eternal life. But that's real simple, isn't it? 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Billy Graham preached that to the full limit. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That's the acceptable year, which covered 2,000 years. He that believeth on me is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. So we're finding here, when God brings you a message, if you believe, you're accepted. If you disbelieve, you're judged. When you disbelieve, you don't run off the lake of fire, you're just judged. The execution comes later. See, when you're put on trial, they pass a sentence. The same judge that listens to you. The same judge that should not be swayed by money under the table, like our crooked judges we have today, and lets off everybody on this side, puts everybody in prison on this side. We're talking about a judge who is righteous judgment. The judge doesn't have an opinion. He only judged you by the word. Not how good you was, how nice you are, how you talk, how you look. He judges you by the word. You and I are going to be judged by the word. Not by Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, whatever more. You're going to be judged by the Bible. That is the absolute, that is the word, that is your judge. All right, so watch. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. So if a message comes for perfect mercy and grace, to reject it is judgment. The message of grace doesn't have to have, I'm going to send you to hell if you don't accept me. If you don't accept grace, you're automatically condemned. If you don't accept the seal of God, which is the message of this hour, you automatically take the mark of the beast. You don't have to wait till somebody comes around and catch you and stamps something in your forehead and stamps something on your hand. You've already took it. Come on now. If, you already, if God already gave you the seal of God, which is a baptism of the Holy Ghost, then the mark of the beast is already in effect. All right. Because he had not believed what? In the name of the only begotten Son. What was his name? Jehovah Savior. Jesus. So therefore, if you cannot believe that Jesus was your Savior, He didn't come to condemn the world, He came to save you. He come as a sacrifice to atone for sin. And not one of you can do anything outside of believing that will justify you before Almighty God. But if you stand here, well, I don't believe it, I'll do my own thing, you're automatically judged. God won't send you to hell for all smoking, drinking, all this. He's going to send you to hell because you refuse the grace of God in the form that He presents it to you in. So if God said, accept this individual as your Lord, and this is your way to eternal life, that's your way to eternal life. All right. Now, in verse 19, this comes over to our day. 2,000 years later, what are we? and this is the condemnation. Now, this is the day of vengeance. This is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world. Remember what is it, uh, Matthew or Luke, uh, Luke 17? As lightning cometh out of the east, even to the west, so shall the Son of Man come what more. In other words, the revelation of Jesus Christ moves all the way from uh, Israel all the way to the west coast. It's there. It's reached the west coast. Now then it's over. Now has it come. It comes in a different role. Watch. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. What deeds did they have? They had church entity. They had church membership. They joined something. Brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of God don't join nothing outside of the body of Christ. It's the Word. We have no law but love. And we have no membership outside of believing the Word of God. Amen. So everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. We're saying that Brother Brown brought forth a day, he brought forth a light, and he brought forth a message. To miss the day, you miss the light. To miss the light, you miss the rapture. Okay. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds might be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. What is the manifestation of the word bride? A changed body, resurrection, and re catching away. Watch. So we understand God always warns man before judgment, so we're looking at a time and a role 
of God before the resurrection and rapture, not afterwards as the scholars and the ministry in the message is preaching. So what makes you sure you're right? Revelation. Revelation. So we will see also that this role as judge is necessary for the spiritual transfiguration from church to bride according to the prophecy of Isaiah 61, 2 and a half. If the first half of that prophecy was fulfilled, and Jesus closed the book, we'll read it here in just a few minutes. You, you know what it says. Jesus closed the book, and the book was Isaiah. And when he read the first half, he said, this day the scripture fulfilled. He closed the book of Isaiah to the second half of that prophecy. From that prophecy on through Isaiah 65 and those future of the millennium, judgment, whatever more, uh, battle of Armageddon, all those, speaking of Russia, all those prophecies were stopped. Isaiah was shut until that book is open again. When that book is open, then you can continue the prophecy that the Spirit of God is now here to fulfill. How many is following me now? So if I'm the Spirit of God, and I fulfill half of a prophecy, and I sit down, and I say, now this half is fulfilled. I'm still the one that's got to come down and fulfill the second half. But I can't fulfill the second half until I, which is the Spirit of God, opens the book, comes down here on earth, and continues reading the book. Blessed is he in Revelation chapter 1. Blessed is he who readeth this book. And the one that hears the book read. There's only one man that could read the book of Revelation and understand it. And that is this end time prophet under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. So we find here that he transforms... The church into a bride, fulfilling the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. And you read the verse 3, to appoint unto them that mourn is Zion to give unto them. That prophecy, to appoint, to give them beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that the way may be called trees of righteousness, planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That's what God is here doing under the role of a judge to transform you from mortal to immortality. You say, well, I don't understand all this uh, symbolism. Point of them in Zion. Who's, who's Zion? The bride. Beauty for ashes. Well, what's that mean? That means whether when they had a mourning or a death, they put ashes upon them. In other words, we're going to come out of the mourning of the ages. There's going to be a restoration. Our eyes is going to be open. We're going to have a resurrection of the faith that was once delivered to the saints. We're going to come forth with a Pentecostal anointing in the presence of God Himself and give praise to Almighty God. He's going to give us the garment of praise. Help me, Lord. You find one that was at the marriage supper. He didn't have on the right garment. And the Bible said he was cast out into the tribulation period. Let me just follow me. That garment was his revelation. The foolish virgins won't have the right revelation. And the revelation is right here in the second half of this prophecy. Being fulfilled by the judge, God the Word. Alright. So we find a ministry by God himself. And what we see is to the Gentiles first. Then to the 144,000 is a group coming forth into immortality in the time of the tribulation under the judgment is carried out on the unbelieving world. Nothing outside this message will come to life. That's a direct quote. So here we read a prophecy speaking of a ministry 
Spirit of God, Elohim Himself, and He has fulfilled a two-part or a two-fold presentation. Now, I want to get over here to something else. I'm running out of time. We found in Luke, when Jesus opened this prophecy to the book of Isaiah, I put it in your scripture, Luke 4, 16, basically to 19. He preaches down to the acceptable year of the Lord, said he closed the book. Now, he closed the book of Isaiah. That's the book that he had in his hand. So he closed the book of Isaiah, gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And he hit all the eyes of all them that were on him. He said he began to say, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. He was declaring himself as the anointed Messiah. He told Israel right there, I am your Messiah. I am the anointed one. I am that prophet of Deuteronomy 18 that Moses spoke of. And if you don't hear me, you will be cut off. Last week's lesson we find in Acts 3, where it said that Jesus will be, remain in heaven now until the time of restitution of all things. In other words, that prophet will come down, which is God himself as the judge now. And those that do not hear that prophet, and God is his own prophet, they also in this hour shall be cut off. I mean, it's the same thing repeated. Same thing to the Jews is now repeated to the church. We note that this is where Jesus stopped and closed the book, which we just got through saying. So the prophet de uh, prophecy declares that the same one that opened the book, read the first half, is the same one who continues in the second half to fulfill it. Now, I want to get over here just to this right here. You can read your notes. I give you Peter, to, uh, uh, act, uh, Peter, Second Peter, the scripture to show you that Mount Transfiguration was only a vision to show what the judge is here doing. And it says what? Uh, if I can move up here, what, back over here. In 19, verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Watch. Whereunto you do well to take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn. Now, what day you're talking about? The day of vengeance, the Lord's day, when the judge is here. Until the day dawn, watch, and the day star, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the man, arise in your hearts. What's going to arise in your heart? The Spirit of God is here, bringing us a revelation of the Son. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Now, we see the end product of the ministry or the role of judge is to bring immortality to a group of people. I'm just putting facts out now. You can study it, and it's there. For we see that the end product of this ministry of immortality. Now, when the seventh seal of Revelation 8, 1 to 3 was opened, we understand according to that scripture, and when he had opened the seventh seal, now when the ministers hear this, that go berserk. Most of you that follow the message understand that for, since 1965, there's been a debate over the seventh seal, whether the seals are open, whether they wasn't open, what role prophet fulfilled, what he didn't, what God is doing. Ministry won this, won that, whatever more. There's confusion, basically. Because there was a silence. They say if there's a silence, no one knows. And this seventh seal is actually the coming of the Lord. So they say, well, no one knows when Jesus is coming. Well, this is not the coming of Jesus, the glorified man. This is an appearing of God himself. See? The seventh seal is an appearing of an invisible spirit, a light, that comes down according to Revelation 10.1. He comes down with an open book to Revelation 10, 7. So we understand that there was a change of ministry. Let's get this in our mind. In basically three or four weeks now, we'll try to pick it up again. Watch. There was a change of ministry as to the role God is acting out in his drama. 
And we find that it is at the opening of the seven-sealed book. When the book is open in the Omega, the second half of all these compound prophecies can continue or begin to be fulfilled again. So we understand that the seventh seal was a complete mystery. Even Jesus in Matthew 24, if you go through the seals, Brother Adam took you verse by verse, Jesus spoke of each seal, told you what it was, until he got to the seventh seal. And there he spoke in a parable. He did not mention it. He left it in a mystery form. So we find out that even Jesus left this seal in a mystery form and it gave us a clue, which was Israel the fig tree, which he spoke of a presence. Outside of a time frame, we don't know much about it. Church world is still guessing. Message people are still guessing. They're guessing as to what it was all about. For he said only the Father... Elohim himself would know. Huh. So we understand that the seventh seal, which was silence, was the arrival and presence of God in the role of judge. For we see according to 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, for he, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, how many believes that? All right. Even so them which also sleep in Jesus, they believe that also. Will God bring with Him? Now, is He going to bring them with Jesus at the second Or is God going to bring them forth and glorify them and bring with Him when He meets Jesus in there? For this we say by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the presence of the Lord. There is a time called the presence. There is a role in that time called the judge. And there is a ministry in that time frame which is to glorify and transfigure a group of people called the bride. There is a time period called a day of vengeance of our God, also referred to in the New Testament as the perusia of Christ or the presence of the Lord among the living. Okay. Karen, y'all want to come? We'll close. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Let me skip down here and see if we can get this. It tells us that a time of the presence of Elohim, or God, in a ministry, that He would descend from heaven with an open book, and then a shout would come forth, which would absolutely be the continuation of Isaiah 61. We find in Matthew 24, what is it, 36, I give you all the scriptures so you can read it. But as it was of the days of Noah, that's the days that we're in now, the days of Sodom, like Abraham that we looked at last week. As the days of Noah were, so shall also the presence of the Son of Man be. Son of Man is in the office or the role as prophet. Luke said then there's the days of the Son of Man and then there's a day when the Son of Man is revealed. In the days of the Son of Man you see the ending up of the acceptable year of the Lord or the grace of God by signs and wonders gathering together the elect to do something for them. Then there's a role change. There's a book that's opened. So Brother Branham inserts this the time. Said, Lord, is this the time that this book to be open to finish the mystery of Christ? Then he went by visitation of seven angels to Tucson preached seven messages, which we call the seven thunders. He opened and gave you the revelation of the mystery of iniquity, showing us what happened through the last 2,000 years. At that time, there was a role change. Brother Bram said, now then, 
the message is now in view. He steps up from a church age messenger into the role of a prophet, and the prophet is a judge to us. Are you following me now? So now we see a transition from prophet to judge, and we see those roles were manifested through the same individual under the same spirit of Almighty God. God is his own prophet. God is his own messenger. All right. Well, I give you some notes, so that don't, just don't wear with me. We'll follow them. I, give, I always put down too much, but look at that. So we'll close that, put the Bible, and we close the book, and we're going to go sit down. When this book was opened in 1963, God changed roles. Jesus, our high priest, climbed up on the Father's throne and sat down. Now he took on the robe, put on the white wig, he put on the robe, changed his girdle up here around his shoulder and all that dress wear. And the same person that was priest now becomes our judge. The Spirit comes down here, which we call the Spirit of God. He comes down in a role. What role? The role of judge to act out and reveal to you what transpired in heaven. And through the open book now, he can continue the prophecies and fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah 61 and a half to bring a group of people to a perfection. How's he going to do it? My Thanksgiving message to you, little bride, is this. I declare to you, as thus saith the Lord. That's God himself. You never done it in the first place. You are the sinless, virtuous bride of Jesus Christ. There is nothing laid to your charge because you receive me as sacrifice and high priest. Now I am your judge telling you that you are not Guilty. Let's stand this morning, would you? Let's give the Lord a praise. Praise God. That's wonderful. Hallelujah. I know I rushed through it this morning. I'm not perking on all six cylinders. And preach it like I ought to, but I will. And if I feel better when we come back, we'll preach it instead of teach it. But we're farther down the path than anyone can imagine. There's no one outside of a bride that knows what God is doing just exactly like in the days of Noah. They bought, they sold, they got married, they built houses, they had jobs, they went to school, and they didn't have a clue what the Spirit was acting out in their very midst. We looked at Abraham and Lot. As it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the day of the Son of Man. Remember now, the Son of Man ministry is only God Himself in a role or a mask of a prophet. Are you following me? You said, well, the prophet died in 65. He went off of the scene now then we only look back to the Son of Man role, and that's what everybody's teaching. What he done in 1940 and 50. So we must go back to Pentecost. We got to go back to the first and second pull. Because they don't recognize the fourth messenger of light. And what role he is here in now. And that is the role of the Word. And the Word is a teacher. And He's here as a spirit of wisdom and revelation to bring you the understanding of Himself as God, the Word, the Judge. And He's here to transfigure His body just exactly on Mount Transfiguration, which was a, a symbol of what He's doing this end time to bring forth the sleeping saints into immortality and change your body while you're lit alive.
And he'll do that under the role of judge. Bring your deeds to the Word. Bring your life to the Word. You say, well, I, I, it'll condemn me. It will ask you to change your mind concerning the Word. Repent. What does repent mean? Change your mind about the Word. Change your mind and let the Spirit teach you, lead you, and guide you into all truth. And truth is reality, and reality is immortality. Amen. That's the work that He's doing spiritually in every believer this morning. I'll be glad when the garment of praise takes over. Instead of sorrow and mourning and worry and gloom and doom. When we understand the revelation of the judge, Pentecost won't hold a light to the power of the revelation that God is here in our midst and reveal to you that now are you the sons and daughters of God and there's no judgment laid to your charge. God will not judge one believer in the wrath or the judgments of God. So we have no worry if we are a believer of tribulation and this and that. Now we may go through the den of lions. We may be without money. They may turn electricity off. They may do all those things. But the more they do that, the more we'll have faith in the presence of God to take us out of here because we got a promise that He will not destroy the righteous with the wicked. So if you've ever had an inkling to get right with God, now is the time to do it before that second goes to where no one else can come in. He's here training that bride, bringing her to maturity and perfection by the revelation of the Word. So get your mind in the right role, the right time frame, and who you are fulfilling that role in your flesh. You will become a word bride. Everybody agrees on that. The bride and the groom becomes one. We will be a word bride. In other words, you'll begin to take on a spirit and thinking according to the word. That doesn't mean you'll judge someone. In your mind and spirit, you'll understand that you don't believe that way. And you'll see the difference. And the more you can become word, the more you find the separation in what this group believes and what you believe. Will you judge them? No. Can you help them? No. But the more you become word, the more the role of judge the word will become in your flesh. And all you'll see is God, the word, and now you are a portion of that word, sons and daughters of God, giving voice to what God the Spirit is here doing. Amen. What are we going to sing? I'm rich in faith and faith.